Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to That Hockey Podcast. Or, well, it's just me this week, so I guess you could say half of That Hockey Podcast. Our good friend Nelly is uh, really crammed up in his schedule and he can't make it today. But you know what? Hopefully I can satisfy all you people and inform you of the hockey world. So we've been gone for a week. We've been really swamped. Haven't found a good time to talk hockey on uh, this little podcast that we have here. But um, I'm going to try and summarize the last couple, well, I think like two or three weeks that we've been gone. I'm going to briefly touch upon some points, and uh, I apologize in advance if I sound a little jumpy, if the points don't really click together too well, but uh, I'll try my best. But this episode is the pre- uh, playoff premiere, uh, just the episode before the playoffs really start and just really dissect what we're thinking that's going to happen, just project how everything's going to lay out. But before that, we got to talk about a couple of things there. I, the first point I have marked off is uh, John Tavares when he returned to the uh, the Islanders' home arena over in Brooklyn or wherever the hell they play right now. But, uh, yeah, so the, uh, the Leafs played the Islanders, and the Leafs lost 6-1. to one. I mean, I don't know if anyone, uh, anyone watched this game. I, I know I did. I had to tune in. But it was an absolute bloodbath. Like, Tavares got ripped apart. He was booed during his tribute video. It, it was rough. I mean, once the score got under started racked up there, you, start, you, you heard all sorts of chants. One that uh, really stuck out to me was the Who's Your Daddy chant. I thought that was very interesting. But I know there were some Leaf, uh, not, not Leaf fans. I know there were some Islanders fans that were happy to see uh, Tavares back and understood his decision to leave. But... Jeez, like uh, the tailgating in the in the parking lot, people just running over his jersey, burning it, anything you think of. It was uh, all being done in uh, wherever the hell they are in New York. But yeah, I thought I just thought that was fascinating. Honestly, I thought it was very newsworthy. Newsworthy that uh, John Tavares was not welcome. And you know what? Honestly, I I can see where the Islanders are coming from. The Islander fans. I mean, he did say he was planning on resigning and then not resign, but. At the same time, what are you supposed to tell the media? Like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. Like, you got, you got to give the man a break a little bit. And, I mean, a chance to go back to play for the Leafs, his hometown team. It's, uh, it's just a dream. But, uh, yeah, John Tavares was not welcome back whatsoever. Uh, the next point is uh, Leon Dreisaitl. He hit the 40-goal mark. I just, I feel like this is very interesting. Because remember way back when, in that summer... Uh, maybe two years ago, he signed as an extension, the eight-year, $68 million, eight-and-a-half AAV uh, deal, and everyone was flipping out because he had one good postseason, and he signed this massive deal. Everyone was calling for Shirelli's head at that point. I mean, Shirelli did get his head executed later on, but Dreisaitl scored 40 goals. I think that is an absolute steal of a contract at this point. You look at other guys like... Um, I mean, I don't want to comp- comp- uh, compare him to Connor McDavid. He's making like 12 and a half. But I mean, you have other guys around the league like Patrick Kane and, and uh, Jonathan Taze making 10 and a half. I know those contracts were signed in a different era, but you got to compare the money in this era. And like 40 goals for $68 million, that's a great contract for Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, the fact that he's this young putting up 40 goals, I'm not sure how many goals he has now. But because uh, this was a little while ago when I wrote this down, but that is that, that those are great numbers for him. I mean, I'm sure most of those are uh, because of a certain someone named Connor McDavid. But I think you can't discredit Drysaddle and can't acknowledge the fact that Shirelli gave him a great deal in that uh, eight by sixty-eight million dollar contract, and I think that's definitely gonna pay off in the end for the Oilers. Oilers' sake. Oh man, this podcast is not gonna be a long one, boys. But you know what? Uh, I'm on my own here. I can't really bounce my opinion off my good friend Nelly here. But you know, we're just going to keep it rolling. 
Uh, number three on the list, number talk, the talking point number three is Elias Patterson. First off, I, I might go on a rant right now, and you guys might hate me, but I need to do this. I am sick and tired of the NHL babying Elias Patterson. This is ridiculous. This kid has got to be the softest player in the National Hockey League, I swear. Um, we go back to the Matheson in, in, uh, incident. Granted, that was a dirty, malicious play by Matheson, but still, I mean, Patterson gets literally destroyed by that. I, I don't know. Maybe he went to the locker room, but regardless, he got absolutely destroyed. I, and then the the Kakanyemi incident, he got tang he gets tangled up with Kakanyemi, borderline not a strong player to begin with, and just like twists his leg up. I know it was awkward, but still, and, and I'm sure I'm missing other incidents in between. But the most recent one was the Chris Kreider awkward elbow to the face. Everyone was calling for Kreider's head, calling him a dirty player, even though he has had past incidents. But I I, I can't stand this. So the, in the in the Kreider play, uh, Kreider's going in for a hit. Granted, he did have an awkward sort of turn, and it makes it look bad. But it, it, there's really no sign of it being malicious. But the the thing that made it bad was Elias Patterson trying to dodge the hit. You can tell in the video, if you guys can pull it up, I'm sure you've seen it, you can tell he moves out of the way and doesn't just take the hit like a normal NHLer would. And that puts him in a bad, awkward spot. And and Kreider was already doing something awkward. You can't really blame him for that. Maybe you can. Go ahead. Blame Kreider for messing up a little bit. I mean, he's that, you can't call it a dirty play. No, no, nothing about that looks dirty to me. And uh, Patterson gets a little bit of an elbow to the face, goes down, cries for a whole while, and... Uh, Kreider, I believe he got a penalty. I'm not sure, but I know he got a fine for that. And I just can't take it. And Pedersen's turning into the NHL's golden boy, and he probably weighs like 100 pounds, and he's just ridiculous. Like, this kid, this kid should not, I mean, granted, he is, he's an incredible player and can put pucks in the back of that every single day of the week. But this kid needs to put some meat on his bones for Pete's sake if he wants to survive till the next year of his career. I mean, he's just going to fall apart by the by his sophomore season. This kid really needs to just start putting on the weight. And I'm sick and tired of the NHL just babying him. I mean, I go on NH, uh, Instagram or, like, Twitter, and you just see people calling for Kreider's head. And, I mean, obviously, I'm a Ranger fan. I'm a little biased, but I really try not to be. I know Kreider's not a dirty player. I think I think most uh, intelligent NHL fans know Kreider is not a dirty player. But, I mean, I'm just – I'm it's, it's getting me pissed off at Pedersen. And I feel bad because I, I do like him as a player, but – Jeez, this kid is just soft as a feather, and it I just it needs to change. It hundred percent needs to change. So those are the couple talking points that I had before we got into the playoff uh, playoff premiere. But uh, we're gonna get into this right now. Um, before we get into the oh my god, before I get into all the good stuff, I know I'm sorry, but um, before we get into it, I want to talk about the playoff format. I know there's been a talking point for the last couple of weeks around the NHL. I know there was a general manager meeting where they discussed maybe rule changes and such stuff like that. I don't even think this the playoff format was brought up, which is mind-boggling for me because it's one of the biggest complaints among hockey fans and hockey players. You saw guys like um, Brad Marchand talk about it. Um, I think uh, Stamkos talked about it as well. Um, they both agreed that the playoff format is flawed and it's just ridiculous. Like, Odds are we're going to see a Boston Bruins and um, Toronto Maple Leafs matchup. Both teams that um, were at one point top five teams in the league. And with the format, one of those teams would be out of the playoffs in the first round. In my opinion, that it, I think in everyone's opinion, definitely, that should be absolutely ridiculous and just it's stupid. It's just stupid at the end of the day. I mean, why are we have this wild card format that just puts the best teams against other good teams? 
it, it doesn't make any sense. We need to go back to the conference one verse eight, one verse eight, and two verse seven. That that just it was it was so much better that way. It was so much better. You always had the best best team in the conference versus the worst team, like or the worst playoff team in the conference, and it it was just better hockey. It was just better, better hockey. I'm sick and tired of seeing the same matchups every I'm sick and tired of seeing Leafs versus Boston. Like it's just let's freshen up a little bit. Like it's ugh. like even the players know. Like oh my god. Like all the fans know. All the players in the National Hockey League know. NHL PA needs to get on this and start representing the players more and really get to the general manager. Like the fact that this wasn't brought up. At the general manager meeting, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm like 90% sure that uh, the player format was not brought up or even considered to be changed at the general manager meeting is just absolutely, it's just confusing. I don't understand. You don't think one of those 31 general managers could be like, hey, uh, or like, for example, you couldn't see like Leaf, uh, or Leafs general manager, uh, Dubis or, uh, Boston general manager, I think it was Sweeney, Don Sweeney. You could, you wouldn't imagine that one of those guys would be like, "Hey, I'm tired of playing this good team, and I want to switch. I want to switch this up." I, I don't understand. I really do not understand why the playoff format has not changed. It just, it really does not make any sense to me. But regardless, it's time to get into the juicy stuff. The uh, the real life NHL right now in current time the playoff format. So I'll read off what if the playoffs started today on March 24th, what the playoffs would be like. So in the Eastern Conference, it would be Tampa versus Montreal, Boston versus Toronto, of course, uh, Washington versus Carolina, Islanders versus the Penguins, uh, Winnipeg in in the West now, um, Winnipeg versus Dallas, da- uh, Nashville versus St. Louis, Calgary versus Colorado, San Jose and versus the Golden Knights. So. Those would be the matchups. I mean, obviously, the Boston-Toronto matchup is just... I, I don't care. Obviously, I mean, it'll probably go 7. It'll probably be a good matchup and probably exciting hockey. But, come on, let's just switch this up. It's not fair to those two teams if you really, really think about it. Um, Tampa versus Montreal would be a good one. But, I don't... I mean, I don't think Carey Price could really do anything there. I think Tampa would just absolutely steamroll them. I mean, you got to think Tampa's going to win the cup, right? I mean... They're just insane. Nikita Kucherov, like, is 120 points. Absolutely insane. Um, Washington versus Carolina would ve- would be very, very interesting. Um, I'd probably put my money on the Capitals. But, I mean, Carolina, you, you don't want to sleep on them. I'm sure they would have some kind of amazing storm surge planned after their first playoff win in God knows how long. So, I would definitely be pulling for them for that. That's so reason just to see that, uh, that uh, post-game Sally. Uh, and then the Islanders with the Penguins. I can't believe the Islanders are still good. It's, it's kind of annoying. Like, they have Leo Komarov and just a uh, bunch of just hacks on their team. It's just, it, it's honestly kind of funny. But, I mean, the playoffs, I think the Penguins would just smoke them, honestly. I, I think come playoff times, the Islanders would fall back to fall back down to earth in a big way. I know their goaltending has been a big reason why they're here. Uh, Tomas Grice and Robin Lehner have been unreal. But I don't know if they would keep it up. Um, and the West, uh, the Jets versus Dallas. Obviously, as a Ranger fan, I'm pulling for Dallas to win two playoff rounds, so we get that conditional first overall pick in that uh, from that Zuccarello trade. But I think the Jets would just destroy Dallas, and I think Ben and Sagan and Radulov, Klingberg, I think they would all go dead silent. I mean, Dallas just is not a good playoff team whatsoever. Um, Nashville versus St. Louis is probably the most unpredictable one I have on here. 
Uh, yeah, I honestly I do I don't know. I think Nashville really helped out in their trade deadline, picking up Mikael Granlin and Wayne Simmons for very little. I think they're a very very good team, and I think if they make it out of the first round, St. Louis, and they gain that momentum, I think they have a clear shot to the Stanley Cup Finals for the sole reason that. In the next matchup, that uh, good transition right there. Good, good. Pat myself on the back right there. <laughs> uh, Calgary versus Colorado. I don't have much faith in color, uh, Calgary doing much in the playoffs. I don't think their success will translate from the regular season to the postseason. And uh, I don't really want Colorado in the playoffs. I'll, I'll talk about that after I get this last matchup uh, underway, uh, over with. Uh, San Jose versus Vegas. That's still very unpredictable. Um, I think think Vegas might just have San Jose's number, especially from last year. Even though I'm pulling for San Jose, I like that squad they got over there, but I'm not sure if they could get it done. But uh, back to what I was saying before, the Colorado team, I don't want them in the playoffs for the reason that I want to see the uh, the Arizona Coyotes in the playoffs so, so badly. I just love their team. Like, Clayton Keller, like, oh, dude, their team is so silly, so sexy. Like, uh, Oliver ekman Larson, like, the list could go on. Like, I obviously... I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. I won't lie, but you know what? I can pull up the roster and name so many sick players on that team. It sucks that Schmaltz. They don't have. They're, they're doing with else. They're doing this without Nick Schmaltz too, as well. They deserve some credit. But uh, um, I love the hashtag too. It's hashtag uh, packed to the ploffs or something like that. It's <laughs> I don't know everything about the Coyotes. I just love. I remember watching them back in the I think ah oh, geez maybe like 2009 or something like that when they were playing the. Uh, Blackhawks and the Stanley or the conference finals. They had those whiteouts when they still had, like Mike Smith and everything. Dude, it was, oh, it was it was incredible to see. But um, I would love to see. <laughs> Could you imagine an Arizona versus Winnipeg conference final? Just have whiteouts every single game. Jeez, that'd be amazing to see. But um, in terms of playoff predictions, like if any team's gonna make a late push. Um, I mean, in the West, you have like teams that are still in it, like. Dallas and uh, Colorado have the top two spots in the wild card with um, the Wild and Coyotes trailing not too far behind, just one point out. Um, I don't think Minnesota's going to pull through. I think they'll probably just tank a little bit. I know uh, like the emergence of guys like Ryan Donato, who's really sparked in uh, Minnesota, I that's definitely helped them out. But I don't know. I'm see. I, I, I I'm pulling for Arizona. I really, really am. I'm, I'm not sure if Colorado's going to have enough in them. They had that big losing streak earlier in the year that kind of plagued them a little bit. But uh, it's definitely a very tight-knit race. And the East isn't uh, so tight. I mean, it's pretty much just... I mean, you got Carolina and uh, Montreal in the top two spots. But then uh, Columbus is uh, three points behind Montreal with one game in hand. So they do have a bit of an advantage there, but they're still behind. And I, I don't know what the Columbus is doing right now. It's really kind of laughable. Like, I... <laughs> They made those incredible trades at the deadline, just making their team so much better on paper, and it's just not translating. Even their general manager, Yarmo Kekalainen, he even said, we're not playing as a team, and I, I couldn't agree more. Like he, I haven't seen any uh, Columbus games recently, but I'd imagine that that's exactly what's going on. I mean, it's it kind of makes sense, though. Like, like you, you, see, you see a team get sh shaken up that much. You see a bunch of players getting inserted into the lineup. It's probably hard for those players to gel together like uh, they're trying to do right now, so... It'd be enforced. It'd be, whew, it would be laughable if they missed the playoffs. Could you? Okay, this is just a hypothetical. But just imagine if the pick that they sent to Ottawa wins the lottery because they missed the playoffs. Could you imagine the NHL community? It would just go absolutely berserk if that happened. Oh man, I'd laugh my ass off. 
Um, I think Philly's pretty much out of it. Same with Florida. They have uh, 80 and 78 points respectively. I don't think I don't think they're coming back unless they go on an absolute tear, but that's definitely unlikely. But I don't know. I mean, I I do think that Columbus will overpower the uh, Montreal Canadiens for that last spot. I I jeez, oh it's it's so unpredictable. It's really really is so unpredictable. I wouldn't mind seeing either team in the playoffs, but I mean, it would just be so funny if the Blue Jackets missed. Jeez, I definitely want to see Carolina in them. That's stuff. That's definitely the one team I want to see in the playoffs. Um, we had 16 minutes right now. We'll go for a little bit longer. I'll talk about the uh the bottom feeders. Why not? We'll do a little uh draft lottery preview. How about it? So, uh, the New York Rangers are sitting in 27th right now. My New York Rangers. After that's New Jersey, Detroit, LA, and Ottawa going down the list. Um, Ottawa is pretty much uncatchable. 58 points. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty terrible. Um, just for perspective, the Rangers have 71. So a bit of a big gap from, um, uh, the last to fifth to last, but, uh, I don't know. I think I really hope my Rangers keep losing and keep tanking right there. Um, we're going to go into a segment called rag talk right now. Me and Nelly, who's not here right now, of course, uh, we're both Ranger fans. We designated a segment of the podcast just for Ranger talk. And uh, we're going to get into it right now. So one talking point I have right now is um, Brendan Lemieux, the emergence of this kid. We picked him up in the Kevin Hayes trade from Winnipeg, and I am absolutely loving what I see from him. So Brendan Lemieux, if you're not informed of what he is, um, he's a 22-year-old kid. He was doing decent numbers, not a lot of ice time in Winnipeg, though. And recently he's come over and just been... He's just made his presence very well known. He's sort of a much physical player. He's definitely like an agitator, like uh, like a... um like a Tanner Glass or Cody McLeod. But the catch is, is I mean, he can actually play hockey opposed to those last two players that I mentioned. And it's like, he's just showing actual, actual promise. Like I, you watch Ranger games, you can obviously tell he's a fantastic skater. He can, he's always on the puck. He's def like, I go back to what I said earlier. He makes his presence known. He's not a quiet player. He'll go out there and stir things up, stir the pot, maybe draw a penalty. I mean, get to the puck, make get pucks lose, do the dirty work in the corner. He really does it all. And he's the type of player you want on your team. And the fact that he's 22 and he's looking like a great, great player for this. I re- there was rumors right after we acquired him at the Dallian that we were going to flip him again. And honestly, I, I really hope he sticks around. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Brendan Lemieux. I mean, maybe we get some good line on um, uh, good uh, good line mates on him. Sorry, slurred my words right there. But um, obviously, that Brendan, obviously Brendan Lemieux is not going to be a, a top six player on this team when it's actually in contention. But... It's just definitely something to look into, the fact that Brendan Lemieux is actually looking like a promising player, and I think he's a part of the future, no doubt about it, in my opinion. Um, I said I mentioned on Twitter, uh, follow me on Twitter, at StonehandSteve, of course, uh, but I mentioned on Twitter saying that I, I really saw a lot of Gal- uh, Brendan Gallagher in Brendan Lemieux. I mean, Gallagher is a small guy. He can really stir things up in the playoffs. I remember he was a pain for the Rangers to play against in uh, the postseason back when we were good. But, um, I mean, Gallagher, he's the type of player with a lot of skill. He, he can, he's not a threat to throw the body around and get into the dirty areas, just like Brennan Mule is looking like. Obviously, the skill level is much different right now, but it's definitely something to look into with Brennan Mule being a young guy still. So, that is that. Um, another point is just to wrap this all up is the Rangers actually competing while they're tanking. I mean, you see the Rangers go up against very good teams like Toronto. I mean, we, we were, we, we, we won our games against Toronto solely for Alexander Georgiev. He's just playing like an absolute monster. And honestly, 
Maybe we'll talk about it during the summer with uh, Nelly, but I, I think Georgiev could be the future of the uh, be- between the pipes in New York. But uh, that's that's a topic for another day. But I mean, you see you see them competing against teams like Toronto and Tampa, and you're like, you know what, this team might have something right here. And I don't know. It's just the the, the core of this team definitely needs a lot of work before we're gonna be good. And I think that's gonna help in this offseason. This is the most crucial offseason of our rebuild, no doubt about it in my mind. But it's it's very very interesting to see this team competing while uh, still be in the very midst of a rebuild. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something to get into. It's in, I think all Rangers fans should be definitely very, very excited for this future. So, boys, that is going to wrap up this podcast. I hope I, did, hope I satisfied you guys all by myself. I don't know if anyone's even listening to this point, but if you are, I love you. And do me a favor and go follow me on Twitter at StoneAnsDeep. As I mentioned before, uh, I post a lot of nice quality tweets there. Of course I do. Yes, I'm going to brag about myself. But uh, you can also f- subscribe to me on YouTube at Stone and Steve as well. I post NHL franchise med videos and hope to be doing some more stuff in the future. So if that's your cup of tea, be sure to go like and subscribe and tell all your friends. Tell your aunt, uncle, cat, dog, dog's friend that they met the dog park and ice cream man and pizza delivery boy and all that good stuff. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'm talking about, but. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and we will see you in the next one.